and the best Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. Like I discussed yesterday, Jerome Bettis said that Mike Tomlin didn't have the Steelers prepared for Jacksonville. Mad Dog Sports tweeted it, and Le'Veon Bell liked it, however, ironically. The guy was late for the walkthrough and for the game. Criticized, well, liked criticism that said his coach didn't have the team prepared. Like I said, ironic. But Bettis is right. The team wasn't prepared. How could anybody disagree when you lose for a second straight time at home to Jacksonville and Blake Bortles. And then Terry Bradshaw did another interview where he kind of buried Mike Tomlin, talked about the chest bumping and the high-fiving and stepping out on the field during a kickoff, and Bradshaw pretty much called him a cheerleader again. Bradshaw and Belichick, uh, excuse me, Bradshaw said Belichick and Brady are the A team, and Ben and Tomlin are the B team, But then Bradshaw says, well, Ben is the B team. And close to the A team, but but maybe Tomlin isn't B or A or anything at all besides a cheerleader. Now, before you blast Bettis and Bradshaw for being traitors, keep in mind, they don't work for the Steelers anymore. Bettis and Bradshaw are just calling it like they see it. The Steelers are underachieving, and Tomlin has visibly lost control of the culture. If you get mad at people who talk about that, you're misplacing your blame. Go to the source. Get mad at the enabler. Sick again. Brought you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. John Steigerwald joins me in studio in just about 10 minutes or so. Uh, people in Pittsburgh refuse to see the Steelers like they really are. Bettis sees the Steelers as they really are, especially how they performed in. Very obviously were not prepared like they should have been for that Jacksonville game. Terry Bradshaw needs a better bedside manner. But he sees the Steelers as they really are. And instead of recognizing the truth and demanding the Steelers deal with it, and some of you do by way of wanting Tomlin to be fired, but that's not going to happen. Instead of recognizing the truth, you bitch about the referees never calling penalties on New England. The reality is, you want to know why the referees call less penalties on New England? Because New England takes less penalties. They commit less fouls because the Patriots are well coached. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. It really does make me laugh when Bettis and Bradshaw are right on the money with their criticism and y'all get mad at them. Not Bettis so much, but especially Terry Bradshaw. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. We'll talk about uh, a lot of this with John Steigerwald uh, just around the corner. He joins me at uh, about four fifteen, four twenty, somewhere in there. I forgot to plug the bribe at the top of the hour, didn't I? Well, somebody won a thousand bucks. You should know the drill by now. Shame on you for not listening 
after I stop talking because there's value to be had in those commercials. $1,000 in this particular instance. Penguins host the Capitals tonight. Ovi versus Crosby. I I never get tired of that. Who would have thought all these years later that that's still a prime matchup in the NHL? Ovi's, what, 31? I know Sid's 30, and it's still a prime matchup in the NHL. And while McDavid has let his team slip out of a playoff spot this year, those two just keep on going and going and going. Stats, team performance, the whole nine. Just two amazing athletes. It'll be great to see them play tonight at PPG Paints Arena. Let's go to John and Ambridge. John, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hi, Mr. Madden. I just want to talk about Tomlin. Um, I'm actually surprised that anybody's surprised about this. Uh, this is the same thing that I and anybody else that's had a problem with Tomlin has been saying since maybe a year or two after his hire, and we've always been put down. Well, no, it, it's not been a year or two after his hire. See, leave it to a typical Yinzer schmuck like you to take a legitimate argument and delegitimize it by going back to two years after his hire when he was winning and making Super Bowls. He's still winning. He's always been winning. The yeah, but he's been, been, been Super Bowls. Making, winning, coaching. it's way different. It's way different. Seriously. He like, like coaching I, 101. See, yeah, he obviously knows coaching 101. Leave it to a typical Yinzer dummy from a well-known crap hole, Ambridge, to just, to just over... No, no, no. I, I get it. You don't like him. He's black. I get it, because that's what oh, it is, see, isn't that's it? that's you. That's no, that's you. That. For, for you to go that's back to, to the beginning of Tomlin's career and criticize him, argument. it has to be something besides logic and results. How ever can you? How here, can you blame clock management? Ever since he's been here, the players have been out of control. How do you do? How do you do with clock? Cut, put this guy on hold. Put this Ambridge flunky on hold. The only thing good to come out of Ambridge is that what is a police station pizza? Otherwise, it's all jerks like this ass. Tomlin had pretty good clock management on that. Actually, he didn't. They scored too quick when Santonio caught it against Arizona. But, but just hang up on that guy. The minute you go back to criticizing Tomlin for when he was winning Super Bowls, like that they won despite him, I know he won with Cowers players. And when you say that, Pittsburgh, you know what you're saying? You're saying the black coach won with the white coach's players. That's what you're saying. 412-333-9939, the number up next. He is the king of old school. He is the great John Steigerwald, 105.9. Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. I would want total and absolute autonomy. Hey, Mark. Great show. Are you part psychic? Well, I'm actually more neurotic than psychic. The X at 105.9. Staggy, we're on. Hey, how are you? Double M on the X. Uh, before we get to our esteemed guest, uh, Jim Doherty, a former deck hockey player for me, was on my world championship team at World Juniors in Italy, gold medal in 06. He reports from the Olive Garden. Had loaded pasta chips yesterday. Real good. Got to try them. Doc, this is why you hurt your knee. Too many loaded pasta chips. I'm joined now by the king of old school, 40-year broadcasting veteran, author of two books. He is John Steigerwald. 
Stag, uh, Alshon Jeffrey of the Philadelphia Eagles guaranteed victory over New England in the Super Bowl. That reminds me of Joe Namath, except Alshon Jeffrey isn't Joe Namath. No, and you know what? It's I. Here's what I do in the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. I do is my best to avoid everything that's being said about it by everybody. And I and I'm serious about this. What I will do Sunday? What what times kickoff? You know, it's like six something, it's six fifteen or something. I don't know. Whatever it is, I will find out when the kickoff is. And my goal on Sunday will be to turn to uh, to the channel to the NBC, just as the guy who's kicking off. And just as his foot is actually swinging toward the ball, not even when it's picked, that's when I want to. That's when I want to watch. I agree, and let me let me add and on. I've, I'm serious. I've done that for years. Let me add on something I prefer. In addition, I want no part of the halftime show. Oh my god, now, dog now, and a frisbee. It's, well, when it was the Rolling Stones, I watched. I was there for that one. When it was uh, when it was uh, Aerosmith was involved. Yeah. And actually, Britney Spears joined them on stage. And to see these, you know, at that time, middle-aged guys right. leer over a teenage Britney yeah. Spears, it was creepy but compelling. Right. Uh, to me, the the Super Bowl halftime show hit rock bottom when... Are, are you a Springsteen fan? Yeah, I mean, I, see, I, I, I'm, I not hate, a, I'm not a fanatic. I, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll, I hate Springsteen. I don't like him now. I used to at one point. I hate Springsteen. And he played halftime. And he complained because he wanted to play one more song and they were telling him his time was up. Oh, yeah. And he wanted them to extend halftime and delay the second half kickoff so he could play one more song. And he was bitching about it on stage, him and Silvio from The Sopranos. And that's when I said, my God, this son of a bitch, as big a star as Springsteen is, he thinks he's bigger than the Super Bowl, and he isn't. And he's not. There aren't too many people who are. I, I, uh, That's one of the reasons why I say I used to like him. I think, as my dad used to say, his he's gotten to the point where his number one wish is to die in his own arms. That's uh, that's enough for me. Well, who do you like Sunday? Uh, I got you. Got to take the Patriots. If I were betting on the game, uh, I well, don't even know. Well, it's four and a half. I'd... It's four and a half. Yeah, I don't even know. If, I, I I don't bet, but I I, I don't no, know. No, nor, nor be... do I. But that four and a half sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah, but I, I that's what I mean. It sounds about right, but I'm I wouldn't be confident enough to to to, to put money on it. I just... well, it opened at six and a half. Yeah. And I know a lot of guys, like real gamblers, who middled. Oh, yeah? Who bet it big at six and a half, then bet it big at four and a half the other way. And yeah. if you catch the middle, yeah, yeah. bingo. If you don't catch the middle, then you just lose the juice. That That's that's a legitimately intelligent gamble. Right, and there, the stats are out there that their their wins have been by three and four points. That's, uh... well, well, let me get to that, because I find the New England dynasty interesting on, on so many levels. They have won five Super Bowls, mm-hmm. and their winning margins have been six points in overtime, four points, and three points three times. The times they lost, it was by four and three points. So it's a dynasty on a tightrope. But their ability to win close games against good teams says a lot about their focus, doesn't it? Right, and they're they're also as close to having eight Super Bowl wins as they are to having three or four. Yes. Uh, Because they they had two crazy... uh, One catch against the Giants was nuts. But, you know, last year... It's just—it's amazing to me how often it happens for them. What the Atlanta Falcons coaches think the game was over and they left like with ten minutes to go in the fourth quarter. For them to all they had to do was run the ball. Well, well, it's funny you mentioned it because Emmett Smith was on ESPN today. Yeah, and he said he thinks Philadelphia is good enough to win, mm-hmm. but their coaches will blow it because that's what teams do against the Patriots. That's he, what Jacksonville he, did. Well, right, and it's what yeah. Atlanta did too. Yeah, I mean Atlanta. If if they call the right play on third and short and make a first down in the fourth quarter, the game's over. Instead, their quarterback took a seven-step drop. That is 
badly overthinking. That's something that Todd Haley might do. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. And and uh, and against Seattle, um, the Se- Seattle uh, Seahawks get down to the one yard line, and instead of throw, they have a running quarterback. If you're gonna if you're gonna throw the ball, have them roll out and do something. They throw a pass right into the thick of the defense. Now, I've heard people you know talk about this, and I've heard you know uh, players and coaches talk about this, and they say that. One of the things that the Patriots do uh, is they take away – Bill Belichick's a pretty good coach. They take away your favorite thing to do. And when and he said when some, when, when you, if you're good on the goal line, they will sell out on the goal line so that you can't run the ball, and they know that you'll throw it, and then they're coached – they coach them up to be ready for the throw because the defense will get them. There's no way they're going to try to run well, it and be ready for the – and that's what happened on the interception. That interception that beat Seattle, they had practiced – Stepping up on that throw in practice yep. because because they thought that's what Seattle might turn to at the goal line. Yeah, and 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 they do it because Belichick because sell- they stole their playbook and well, videotaped their walkthrough. That might be too. That's that's also something to uh, take into account on everything that that team has done. Now this just in breaking news from the Super Bowl because Stag, even though the Steelers weren't good enough or smart enough or gutsy enough to make the Super Bowl, right. we have Juju and Lev Bell down there. Pushing their brand. That's good. And thank God, because I really don't care about the Steelers as much as I do the brands of individual you know, players like those two uh, geniuses. You know what? One of the most impressive things I saw, and, and he's, this is why I'm rooting for the Eagles, because Tom Donahoe was there now with the Eagles. When they went to the Super Bowl in 95, now he's, he, was, he had been a, in the NFL for 10 years probably. Right. I remember running into him down there, and he said, this is great. He said, this is the first time I've been to a Super Bowl. I said, what? You've never been to a Super Bowl? Because they all go. He said, nope. I said I wasn't going to go until the team went, and I took the team there. And that's what he did. And I don't know. He hasn't been back since you know since then. I don't know if this is his second trip or not, but I was impressed by that. He said, I don't well, want to go I, until I bet, I'm going. I bet once he went as the Steelers GM, he, he might have said, okay, I, I did it the right way. Now I'm going to take a, a vacation yeah, at the maybe. Super Bowl. Now, uh, Le'Veon Bell just said he wants to be a Steeler, and they're a lot closer to terms on a long-term deal. But when he was asked about the franchise tag, he said he would absolutely consider retirement. Just said that moments ago. Well, and the, then the Steelers should put the fra- franchise you know tag what? on him. You, let you him know retire. what? I would call him up and I, I would say, you know what? Since you threaten, franchised. Yep. Uh, you know, if, if he's going to be a dink, I would be a bigger dink. Oh, uh, first of all, there are. There, it's not exactly a, a really good idea to give a 20. Is he 27 now? I, I don't think it's a good idea to give a, a. I actually think he's only twenty-five. Well, whatever. He's he's got a lot of miles on him, and and a running back. Oh my God! Over four hundred touches just last year. Yeah. If you're a running back for Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, you're gonna, and especially if they have the same type of offense where you're gonna be catching the ball that much, you're gonna have a lot of miles on you. It's just not smart business to give a guy uh, a, a five-year deal or a four-year deal. It's just it's not smart. And if he doesn't like it, go draft somebody else in the second round. Get another guy. We're talking to John Steigerwald, the king of old school. He's brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Uh, why don't people talk more about New England's record of cheating? <laughs> Especially know. now, the week before they're in the Super Bowl. A- again, it's like Spygate and Deflategate never happened. And I can guarantee you, if Barry Bonds were still active and he was in the World Series, that's all they would talk about no question. is his PED use. Why is it so different in football? It's really strange because... It's not like it was this theory out there and that there was, you know, rumors about it happening. The NFL 
fined the coach a half a million dollars or whatever it was and took a number one draft pick away from a team. You know how valuable number one draft picks are to NFL teams and what, what kind of a punishment that is to take one away? And then they burned the tapes, didn't let anybody see them within about 15 minutes of them going to check them out. Uh, whoever was in charge said, get these tapes away from me, destroy them. There's a guy written a, who wrote a book about it, Mark. I had him on a show when, that I was doing at Trib Live a long time ago. Now, he was really good, and he did a lot of research on, on the on the Spygate thing. And it's just, to any, for anybody who doesn't think, whoever, anybody who thinks that that didn't help them win a, a Super Bowl or two is just not paying attention. And and so when you... It certainly helped them win at least one. There's no question. I mean, when they got caught taping St. Louis's walkthrough, and the guy was dressed as an NFL Films guy, so it's obvious, like, just the most blatant example of subterfuge and cheating. Honestly, I think their Super Bowl title should have been overturned. Hey, Mark, there are... I don't know how you can't think that that didn't influence the outcome of that game, which was the tightest of margins, drastically. Right, and there and there are guys who played in New England and went to other teams and advised their coaches not to talk too loud in the locker room because they they, they he said that you're they're going to hear what you're saying. I mean, um this guy who wrote the book, he he talked about not just the Super Bowls, but and and going back to whatever it was, 2001 and maybe 2004, the Steelers uh players uh, both Hines Ward said I, they, it was like they knew what we were going to run, and and guys on the defense said it said the same thing. It's like they knew what we were going to do. They knew when we were going to blitz. Um, that's a pretty nice advantage to have. And the other thing that they did, this is very important. You know, when they have the, you know, the um, the uh, receiver that the quarterback has in his ear, the radio receiver. Yeah, they're supposed to turn that off after like 15 seconds. So you, I, you can give them the play as long as that takes. You know, but it's supposed to be turned off at a certain point. It, it's it cuts out. They, this guy uh, uh, claimed that what they did was. They kept the radio uh, receiver on so that Brady was standing there waiting for the snap, being told by the coaches wh- who was blitzing and watch out for this. Well, you see, and- that doesn't bother me as much as, you know, taping a walkthrough. Yeah. You know, uh, it, that just – taping the walkthrough, like when, when it was revealed that the Patriots taped that walkthrough, Belichick should have been thrown out of football for at least a year. Oh. At least a year. I don't, it's amazing, and he wasn't how – do you, how do you fine him $500,000 – Take away number one draft pick and then uh, not kick him out me, of the league for at least. If you a year. told me as a coach of a team in any sport that I could have a drastic competitive advantage and it would cost me five hundred k in a first round draft pick, I'd make that deal every year, any year. And you make a couple trips to the Super Bowl and maybe win one or two of them because of it. Now, um, I had a great poll yesterday on Twitter. Don't know if you saw it. The question was, who's a better cheater, Barry Bonds or Bill Belichick? A better cheater. Better. Well, I, I would say Belichick because Bonds, um, I know you say he, he wasn't ever caught, so he must be a pretty good cheater if he if his head grew eight sizes and he didn't get caught. He was doing a, if he was cheating, he was doing a really good job of yeah, it. Yeah, well, that's my point. Yeah. You see, here, here's how I look at it. Belichick got caught, but he got away with it. Bonds didn't get caught, but didn't get away with it. It, it sounds like double talk. But that's what happened. Well, I think your point is good, is well taken about just the discussion about who, you know, you're saying if, if Barry Bonds were playing in the World Series this weekend, uh, there'd, there'd be all kinds of talk about steroids and, and all the stuff that was uh, in the, and that went into that whole era. 
And Bel- I, I don't know, does, does anybody, does, do any of these people who slobber all over everything that the Patriots do, did, did any of these commentators ever even mention it anymore? No. Today, does anybody ever say, well, of course now, no. you know, this will be their sixth Super Bowl but, but win. That's but because, that's because the NFL uh, rides herd over its broadcasters and networks with a very heavy hand, whereas baseball, for some reason, doesn't mind its announcers destroying the integrity of its own record book. And I've never got that. I mean, like, I can understand where a traditionalist like, you know, Peter Gammons yeah. or or uh, or Tim Kirkjian would, would be rooting for the old records and the old way to stand, but MLB does not profit at all uh, by the steroid guys being forever cast out of the Pantheon. They just don't. It would be better if those guys were in the Hall of Fame because that would be forgotten about a couple years after they were in. Yeah, but now there's no way to forget about it. But baseball doesn't seem to mind that. No, they don't care. And you're that's a that's you're you're right about the NFL and their announcers because um, the fact that they don't the fact that nobody brings that up is it's just a, it's astounding that nobody that that, that I mean they're if they win Sunday they're going to be talking about six Super Bowls and they're going to be talking about Brady's sixth or whatever it is and ignoring and won't that, mention that, that, that the integrity of at least like one for sure. Is is should be taken out of the record book, right? And they and it, it's not again. It's not like it was a rumor. It, they took they took a number one draft pick away. So and, and the the speed with which they got rid of those videotapes. They don't want that, and the league doesn't want anybody to talk about it because you can't you can't have. Hey, let me tell you something. That they could have, they would have destroyed that Ray Rice videotape too, because they are all about the league and public oh, relations. Yeah. Not right or wrong. The League and Public Relations. HBO did a great uh, documentary about uh, Bobby Thompson's home run, the home run heard, hit around shot the, heard around the world. Yeah, shot heard around the world. And the um, the Giants were stealing signs. And uh, the baseball way back then didn't want anybody to hear that. They don't want anybody, even now, they don't want anybody to well, know. Now, now, let me ask you how you feel about stealing signs. I don't to care. Me, that's gamesmanship yeah. to me. Yeah. I Not cheating, but gamesmanship. Yeah, I don't care at all. But, well, stealing signs if you're the shortstop or if you're on second base. Any. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Bubba Lamb, huge fan, buddy. Your voice is like sweet nectar to my ears. Still of the night, still of the night, still of the night. VX at 105.9. It's time for the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts. And since I like Coors Light so much, I wish I had one right now, it's going to be a two-part Coors Light Cold Hard Facts. Part one. Fact. Sidney Crosby is the best all-around player of his generation. Fact. Alex Ovechkin is the best goal scorer of his generation. Fact. Crosby and Ovechkin are two of the best players of all time. Fact. There's going to be a great game tonight between the Pens and Caps, between Crosby and Ovi at PPG Paints Arena. Want to hear what you think of tonight's game? How much does it mean? Like Stagg said, it probably means more to the Caps than it does the Penguins. Because the Penguins know it doesn't really matter. And maybe the Caps know that too, but they can't really think that because despite being in first place, and every year that's true just about, it's always like they're trying to catch up to the Penguins. So the Penguins have nothing to prove against Washington in a regular season game. Whereas the Caps, I mean, how can they feel like they don't even though tonight doesn't matter that much? You expecting fisticuffs between Wilson and Reeves? I am. Crosby versus Ovechkin is what we're talking about. What about Murray versus Holtby? 
two of the best young goalies in hockey. Holtby with the stats. I think he won a Vesna, right? Murray with great stats too, but two Stanley Cups. And here's part two of the cold hard facts. I tweeted this earlier today. No matter how much the Stooge media and fanboy bloggers try to paint a happy face, the Pirates are headed for a crap season in a mostly empty ballpark. Suck on that and suck on that hard. That's the bottom line because Mark Madden says so. Oh, Holtby did win the Vezina in 2016. Great goalie. The Penguins are his bogey team, though. Just like Halak, for example. Is the Penguins bogey goalie? The Penguins are Halak's bogey team. Plays great against everybody but the Penguins. And against Pittsburgh, Holtby plays good, just not often good enough. Uh, Coors Light Cold Hard Facts are brought to you by Coors Light. Stop by Bud Murphy's in Connellsville and NJ Coors Light 22 on drafts for just two and a quarter during Penguins games. I could go for a Coors Light right now. Hey, yesterday I complained I didn't have food and a quarter pounder appeared magically. You know what I got to stop eating though? I-, I felt not great the past couple days. I'm finally over my bronchitis. And perhaps I should grow to accept that at my age and my weight and my lifestyle, mostly past, not present, I'm just going to have problems. Uh, But uh, I don't eat much sugar anymore. A little, but not much. Don't eat much carbs anymore. A little, but not much. Although I did have French fries yesterday from McDonald's because they were delivered and free. And thanks to Holly Dietz, one of our salespeople, for doing so, but... Two things I'm going to try to cut out. Because don't forget, I haven't had caffeine in years. The last two years nonstop and six out of the last seven years, no caffeine. Had a relapse in the middle. Not like heroin or or, or blow or crack. It's not the sort of thing you have to go to a halfway house for. The main reason I quit caffeine, I think I've said, is because now I can sleep when I want to. I don't lay in bed looking up at the ceiling because I've had seven Diet Cokes that day. You know what i got to find, though? Diet right, caffeine-free, cherry cola. Haven't had one in a long time. They have the non-cherry diet right, caffeine-free cola, believe it or not, at the press box at Penguin Games. I'll have two, and then I'll put two in my pockets to go home with. One time Sid said to me, is that a diet right, caffeine cola in your, caffeine-free cola in your pocket, or are you just, ah, bad joke, never mind. But uh, I'm going to try to cut down on Splenda. Like, when I get coffee, I'll put eight Splendas in it. That can't be good, right? So I'm going to try it with more milk and one Splenda and see how that tastes, because I like that kind of cafe au lait taste. And i got to cut down salt. Like, when I eat those French fries, which, which are just, I mean, I love McDonald's fries possibly because they're just caked in salt. But when I had those fries yesterday... After I ate them, I sat back in my chair. I could feel my heart pulsing. That's not funny. You're laughing. That's not funny. And I just said, wow. So so going to try to cut down the Splenda and the salt. That could easily buy me two or three extra days of life. Uh, up next, we're going to talk to Bob McLaughlin. Uh, a lot to take in um, for this weekend. Pens and Caps tonight, Super Bowl this weekend. 
Uh, Sid versus Ovi, I just love that matchup. I'll talk to Bob about that. And then uh, at 5 o'clock after the list, we'll have perhaps the last football picks ever made by Mr. Friday Afternoon. You will vote next week on Twitter whether to retain him or get rid of him. And I will abide by the result. I swear to God. No kidding around. I will. And then at 5.15, Alan Fanica could be in the Hall of Fame 24 hours from now. I hope so. He deserves it. All-time great stealer and easily, well, I think the best guard of all time. Right there, top two or three for sure. I'm Mark Madden, Bob McLaughlin next, 105.9. The 105.9. A great tweet from Steelers Depot. I think it's cute to see Le'Veon Bell try to play hardball with the Steelers. It is cute because there's only ever going to be one winner in that battle. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought you by 84 Lumber. Bob, uh, what about the breaking news that Olive Garden has Italian nachos? Uh, fried lasagna pieces covered in just about everything Italian you can think of. It sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Everything you read when you first brought that on the air, I just sat here and went, oh, yes. Oh, that too? Oh, yeah. Everything on that list, Mark, uh, was unbelievable. I am I am stoked. Well, let me, let me read Garden. it again. Well, there's one thing on there. I can't remember what you said, but there's one thing I, w- I would leave off. Well, they're calling it loaded pasta chips. It's fried lasagna pieces topped with mozzarella and Parmesan. Oh. Meat sauce containing chicken meatballs and sausage, cherry peppers, and Alfredo sauce. What would you leave off? I would leave off the Alfredo. It, it doesn't seem to go there. Like, if it was a meat sauce, absolutely Well, what if, what if you covered half of it in meat sauce or and half in Alfredo or did one or the other? I would try it. I would try both. I could see where Alfredo fans would want to with Alfredo. That's not deep thinking, but no, I, I would. I could be sold on that. Uh, what are fried lasagna pieces? Though that's one thing that I wonder about the texture and the taste of fried. Oh my god, lasagna pieces! <laughs> it's lasagna and it's fried. Two of my favorite things. <laughs> Serve it up. Uh, it really is Pittsburgh, isn't it, too? It's, oh, it's yeah. like we make everything into nachos or a salad. Well, it's going to have to make its way down to a ballpark somewhere soon. You know, that seems to be the way teams are getting people to get well, not, to the... Well, not, not PNC Park, Bob, because, you know, well, they want people there to buy it. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, have you seen some of the crazy stuff that the teams have come up with over the years where they just smother everything with everything else and then they sell it for like $13? And it's the biggest hit the first couple weeks of the season. And then people are like, actually, you know, that's that's kind of gross. Um, Sid versus Ovechkin tonight. It's a rivalry that's really stood the test of time, Bob. And as I said uh, at, at show's beginning, I don't hate Ovi. I really uh, respect him and his track record. It's not his fault they've never won a cup. I think he's a very worthy opponent for the Penguins and for Sid. Is it okay to respect a player but hate what he stands for. Like, hate the Capitals, hate what he does, that he's not the complete... Bob, I really don't consider the Capitals significant enough to hate. Oh, but just the, you know... (laughs) Well, the arrogance of their fans who act like they've won when they never have, uh, raising banners for meaningless... That's what I was getting to, the ...quasi-accomplishments. Yeah, but but Ovi's legit. I mean, I see what you're saying, but I, I take Ovi very credibly... Not so his team. No, I agree with you. I do take him very credibly. Um, I will say, though, that 
Boy, this last All-Star game, when they were on the same line and they were piling around and everything like that, we, we don't need that. How do you think <laughs> they'd do playing together in a real game over a lengthy period? Oh, my because God. Well, no, 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 hold it. It sounds like the ideal marriage, the playmaker with the goal scorer. But keep in mind that Sid and Kessel, well, they've rarely tried it, but if they thought it would work, I think they'd do it more. And I still think in the playoffs, Bob, I think if they do you know, compress their their top players into two lines, I bet Kessel goes with Sid because Hornquist and Malkin is really working. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and you could tell, you know, just Mike Sullivan talking about that yesterday. I mean, he thinks that that, I mean, that line's proven itself in and out. So uh, I would love to see Kessel with Sid. Um, I'll be interested to see how Rust works with Sid tonight. If he indeed, he did move up to the top line, right? Yeah, yeah, him, him and Simone and Sid. Right. So, so we'll see what Sid's made of. Right, but getting back to your question about what Ovechkin and Sid would do, I just think that that would be a dream pairing. I mean, in any match, because yeah, but, but you know what? You're you're I'm ninety percent certain you're right, but you, you just never really know. But I'd I'd like to see it happen, but I don't think either guy is going ever to the other place. That's Bob McLaughlin, brought to you by eighty four Lumber. After this, I talk about those block pools that have cost me a lot of money. And we have Mr. Friday Afternoon making perhaps his last picks ever. 105.9 The X. Hey guys, it's 